0: Morning, morning, Mr. Matunzi. morning,
1: Chairperson. It's exactly nine o'clock. If you can proceed with the
2: meeting. Uh, uh, Good morning, uh, Mr. Matunzi. Good morning, honorable members. Uh, Morning, uh, uh, the Director General. I don't know. Recording in progress. The Minister and the DM Uh, and the team of uh, Home Affairs. Morning, uh, our state law advisor. Uh, and the the team, Parliamentary Legal Services, and all the uh, staff who are joining us. <clears throat> Mr. Matonsi, I request you to uh, fly to the agenda so that we, we are all in one in terms of the process we're going to engage on.
1: are you able to see it?
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah.
1: Thanks very
2: much, uh, uh, <clears throat> colleagues. Uh, this is our agenda for today to uh, framework the, the deliberations uh, today. I must start that we have uh, received uh, comments as we have been discussing uh, the post-public hearings, uh, 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 submissions uh, by the stakeholders, uh, call them stakeholders, uh, the IEC, uh, and the Department of Home Affairs, uh, the Parliamentary Legal Service uh, on the issues that are arising uh, which impact on the legislation uh, and that uh, uh, must inform the, the discussions. And I think uh, in all the submissions that have zoomed in on uh, what the committee ought to uh, uh, deliberate on these issues and on the itemised uh, areas, uh, members will not will know that uh, there are various outside the parliamentary legal service uh, views or submissions in the Department of Home Affairs and the IEC responses, there are views from all angles uh, um, that have made uh, uh, submissions around on some of the issues uh, that are related. What is good is that the IEC and the Parliamentary Legal Service, they did not zoom into uh, the policy options uh, uh, that uh, Home Affairs has uh, 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 submitted uh, in their uh, or outline at the in their electoral amendment bill. So this uh, session uh, meeting today will take a, a broad discussions on the issues. Uh, as we continue the discussion, will not formulate a, attempt to formulate a decision on the on the matters. But we must take note that. We have scheduled a uh, uh, time uh, for uh, this uh, process to uh, adequately being concluded. Th- thirdly, is that uh, we are uh, going to, uh, or we have already applied, we know that the uh, parliament is rising on the 15th, if uh, uh, I'm correct, Mr. Matonsi. we've applied that uh, the committee must continue to work on this uh, matter. Uh, so that we're able to uh, uh, finalize the process. You are aware that we have a, a constitutional court has determined a deadline and the committee has taken into consideration the time uh, and the stages in how parliament uh, must run its uh, process. Since this uh, electoral amendment bill was tabled on the 10th of uh, january uh, uh, this year we're taking account to that that there's a process that is uh, 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 undertaken by parliamentary service and uh, uh, or the parliament let me say parliament uh, approached the constitutional court for an extension and that process is still within our uh, the powers of the constitutional court to uh, respond to the uh, to to the to, to the request i must also uh, or we must say that it is within the context that we must able to have enough time to deal with this uh, uh, electoral amendment bill the nsop must also interface with this uh, uh, electoral amendment bill and also uh, time for the president to account and this also be subjected uh, to debate uh, or submission of the report for consideration of the both uh, houses. So uh, uh, that is the under, uh, a, a under, understanding of our process in terms of this uh, deliberation. We have a team here of state uh, law advisors, uh, uh, Miss Williams, Miss governor and the DHA uh, legal team, uh, Mr. Mal- Mal- Malakate, and the Parliamentary uh, Legal Services. So members... If they will ought to sort clarity in terms of the issues that uh, we be uh, uh, deliberating on from now as we move uh, along with this process, they will be able to uh, to interface with the, with these issues. If the are issues that uh, uh, are going to be raised, which are outside the uh, uh, the framework, of the Department of uh, Home Affairs and the uh, the legal team who are assisting this process and are related uh, to the IEC in terms of the either regulations or the act that must be changed or the uh, 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 areas that are lying in the IEC. What we'll we'll do, will note those uh, issues uh, because the IEC also, they are joining here, they, they, all, they always join us uh, and welcome uh, commissioners, will then take that issues, uh, those issues, and we'll request the IEC to come and uh, uh, in, and respond on the, on the issues. But if members will also feel that um, as we go into discussions uh, so that we are not able to cloud uh, 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 clarities on the issues, uh, and uh, we need to have fine time for uh, the IC, in particular to come and uh, respond on technical issues that are related and that will, uh, will impact on the legislation uh, uh, that the, the committee will be uh, uh, dealing with. Lastly, I think we all had understood uh, uh, the constitutional court uh, judgment in terms of Uh, the anomaly of the electoral Act 73 of 1998 and how Parliament uh, need to correct uh, uh, that. And it's good that this, uh, uh, we have now agreed, uh, adopted that we must proceed and change uh, this uh, uh, electoral amendment uh, uh, Act 73 of 1998 as last week we've adopted uh, uh, MOD that uh, 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 reflect that we, we can proceed with the uh, this uh, process. Now, this is a framework which uh, we are uh, trying to recap in the process uh, for comfort. Where there's uh, still a need for thorough uh, uh, consultation on subject matter or the issues, members, I think, they are also uh, 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 allowed uh, to take a pause so that we're able to engage on this matter objectively within the context of what uh, the uh, submission has been made and the uh, uh, responses of comments on the subject uh, 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 matter. We'll, we've, we'll request uh, Mr. Matonsi to run apologies and then uh, we'll request uh, Mr. Salmon, we've requested him just to rough on the issues uh, that is picked up for purpose of uh, 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 discussions and deliberations, and then uh, we will uh, then uh, 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 have members to uh, deal with the framework and uh, yeah, so that we're able to move forward. The legal team, if the issues <laughs> that I think you might have picked up uh, where members uh, may not have asked you uh, you you have to uh, assist uh, uh, the uh, the chair so that we are able to highlight it for point of discussion or clarity. Uh, you may find that uh, some of the issues that arises and uh, you are you are, you which uh, require your a uh, 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 guidance and uh, you 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 may need to uh, get in touch with the chair uh, so that we are able to be one is going to be involved a uh, matter as already as uh, started and a uh, 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 consultation in terms of the how we're going to 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 to, na- to navigate on this uh, on this uh, on the on 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 this matter thank you mr matunzi
1: uh, morning Chairperson, and everyone from my side Chairperson, in the committee side there's no apologies thanks Chairperson.
2: Thank you very much. No apologies. Uh, any member? The yeah, apologies. Coach,
3: good morning, Chairperson. Um, I have also got a portfolio committee of social development, so I will leave at about quarter past ten and then come back into the meeting. Um, so I will leave at quarter past ten and come back. Apologies Noted. For that.
2: Not, noted, Not uh, at uh, Coach, uh, noted at uh, uh, yeah, Mr. Salmon, sure. can you come in? Okay. Sure.
4: I am in the meeting, but will not be able to participate, I'm not well.
2: Noted. Uh, um, any other apology? Okay, thank you. Mr. Salmon, can you uh,
0: come in? Good morning, Chairperson. Can I just confirm whether you can can
5: see
2: the document? Yeah, I think we can see the document. Thank you.
5: Okay, great. Um, So I've just uh, highlighted the issues raised by the IEC, the DHA, and uh, our legal services, um, combined with uh, the essence of what uh, arose in the public hearings. And these are essentially the decisions that the, the committee needs to make. Um, related to the clauses that were commented on. So I'm not going to go through the entire bill, but rather just um, highlight uh, for members' memory, the key decisions that need to be made on each of the clauses uh, just to help um, the discussions. Um, so dealing with clause one, which is uh, with definitions, um, the, the question is whether the, the definition of the, the word region is sufficiently clear um, as compared to a province, uh, whether we, or whether we need further clarity. Um, Secondly, uh, is there a need to redefine um, a party liaison committee um, as, um, for example, a liaison committee or electoral liaison committee, uh, along with the inclusion of such um, amendments in sections 2062 and 64 of the Electoral Act, where there's reference made to party liaison committees, which might not necessarily include or which excludes the, the Uh, independent candidates as it's currently stated. Uh, So, either that or provision to indicate that party liaison committees also include independent candidates. Uh, Then going on to Clause 4 is, should amendments to 31a and 31b3f be removed to bring independents in line with uh, political party candidates in terms of not being required to be ordinarily resident in the region in which they are registered to stand in an election. Uh, four there, should there be signature requirements in 31B3A for independence as compared to the non, no, no signature requirements of party candidates? Five, uh, should the deposit for independence in 31B3B be the same as parties, given that they only qualify for one seat? Six, <clears throat> should the requirement for the determination of the number of signatures required or the deposit needed for independence be left to the IEC to formulate in the regulations, or should the formula for the determination of signature requirements or deposits be included in the bill itself? Seven, should the requirement in 31B3F of not having been a member of a political party for three months prior to running as an independent remain, be increased, or be reduced? <clears throat> Um, clause 8 then uh, depending on the decision on point 5 above uh, which relates to uh, deposits uh, should the section on refunds uh, be changed to make it in line with the decision on on deposits then clause 11 which is the main clause in the bill is should the clause 11 1 ratio of regional and compensatory seats to parties Remain 50-50 as in two hundred seats uh, regional and two hundred seats compensatory, or change to seventy-five and twenty-five percent, or allow for all candidates to contest all four hundred seats. Well, these are the three main options proposed. Ten are uh, in clause eleven, uh, subclause four to nine. Should there be reference to constituencies, um, either sixty or six, or two, sixty-six or two hundred, as uh, stated in the. On sales, slabbit, and uh, private members' bill. Uh, 11. In clause 11.5, uh, subclause 5 to 8 on regional seats, should the three rounds remain uh, the same uh, as they currently are, or a single round according to the DROOP formula as proposed by the IEC uh, to improve, and to improve portion, proportionality and inclusion of small parties? Uh, alternatively, there was a two stage uh, process that was proposed where all who meet the full quota for one seat be awarded a seat, whether it's party or independence, and once no one is is left who is entitled to a seat based on a a meeting the full quota threshold, the remaining seats should be then given to the candidates that have the highest average of votes per seat won. That being proposed by one of the parties. Then 12, should clause 11.16 be removed in favour of ensuring compliance to elections rather than forfeiting seats if parties don't have enough candidates on their list uh, after an election. Uh, 13. Um, clauses 11, uh, 11 to 16 and 25. Should the IC uh, draft a proposal for the inclusion in the bill of the three ballot system for the National Assembly compensatory, National Assembly regional, and provincial legislatures? Either with the requirements of being ordinarily resident in the region for all candidates, or the removal of this requirement for candidates. Then fourteen uh, in clause eleven thirty four, how should it be responded in court uh, to the objection that the major dis- major disadvantages of independence, having their surplus votes described effectively means they have no no choice but to run as parties, which then means that the bill does not truly uh, fairly address the constitutional court ruling for the inclusion of independence, um, particularly in the National Assembly, um, but also the NCOP, um, because they they can't have more than one seat. And then clause 1134. Should there be by-elections for replacing independents? That And what would this cost according to the calculations of the projected number of by-elections? So is it really going to be really expensive and uh, time-consuming? And alternatively, should votes be transferable, uh, as in the portable, where independents have a list of running mates uh, where where their excess votes go to? Or should all or just independent candidates with the next highest number of votes in the initial elections fill the seat? So this is the proposal uh, brought forth by the the IEC and the DHA in different forms. Um, And then if if going with the proposal of replacing vacant independent candidate seats with the candidate that received the next highest number of votes, uh, will it be argued that this gives political parties the benefits of replacing their seats with chosen candidates next on their list, whereas independent candidates and their support base could now be replaced by a political party or an independent uh, with a completely different ideology. Um, the second uh, issue for consideration there. And then this not this is a clause that's not in the bill, but um, there will need to be a proposed amendment to chapter five uh, relating to section 68 and 69 of the electoral act to allow for independents to have agents during elections. Um, or some formulation of how they will be included uh, as uh, in the voting process. So those are the, the main issues uh, that I've issue like I've seen we need to decide on. Um, but I'll take advice from legal services if I've left anything
0: particular out. And I'll get and be back to you, James. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Mr.
2: Salmon on the note that uh, you, we, we've picked up uh, for uh purpose of uh, uh, dealing with this issue. <clears throat> Members, w- we may not, not exhaust all the issues uh, to today. Um, and I'll tell you why, we'll, we'll, we'll then outline a, a deal when we end up, you will just give us a brief outline on the program on how we have refined it and how we're going to uh, run on this matter <clears throat> so that you are able to uh, contribute to the issues uh, and you can run in all of them uh, or pick up of the issues that uh, you, you are, you, 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 you'll be able to interface with. What will then uh, as assist is that the team which we've requested, which is led by uh, Salmo, is to isolate the issues uh, that are arising from the uh, from the your uh, uh, contributions and we'll test that with the with the with with the with the legal team um as we 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 deliberate we'll then take decisions on some of the issues that are clearer that are informed by the uh, uh requires uh, us to deal with with it in the uh, in the legislation and isolate such some of the issues as you raise them uh, that impact on the work of the IEC. And the IC uh, then uh, able to contribute uh, to the issues, and then we deliberate on that uh, on on that space. We resolve on the on the specific uh, issues. I will invite members to comment on the uh, issues that are raised here and the broader issues uh, that I've been picked up around uh, the the submissions and also the responses that they have uh, laid by the IC. I will start with the co-chair uh, because it's indicated that she will uh, have to leave to uh, no, to attend also a portfolio committee, and then I will come to uh, Honorable Molegua. I will come to Honorable Tito, Honorable uh, Tswako, Honorable Ruos, uh, Honorable Ramlo Beng, Honorable Kanyile, um, Honorable uh, uh, Pile. Um, you will assist me, Mr. Matonzi, if the other members of who are not in the committee who have joined uh, this meeting. Thank you, in that order. <coughs>
3: um, thank you very much, Chairperson. I, I guess um, I'm going to touch on the first uh, four issues. Um, I think it is my view, Chairperson, that we should rather use the terminology province in, instead of region. And I would like to make the point, for example, that in the Western Cape, we refer to uh, an area called, for example, the Boerland region. And the Boerland region only, it's a collection of towns. It's, it's not a province. And so I thought that the terminology province is clear. It's clearly understandable for, for the public and the our constituencies at large. So I don't think region is sufficiently clear. Um, on point two, I, I do think that there is a need for us to redefine party liaison committee to um, a liaison committee or an election, electoral ele- liaison committee, considering that, of course, it now um, will encompass individual candidates as well, and it will no longer only be for parties to liaise with, with the IEC. On the issue of um, of... Signatures. I think that um, to require, for example, um, independent candidates to get uh, signatures will be an unfair way of treating them in, in terms of the fact that we do not ask political uh, party candidates to get signatures. So for the interest of fairness, I do not think that we should consider that. And also, I think we should go back to the legal advice we got on the issue of um, that a candidate should be a resident in the region or province they are contesting. And the submissions that we got argued that the residency requirement places an independent candidate in an unfair position, as there's no such requirement for, for political party candidates. Uh, and so I think that should also be uh, scrapped. But I think those are my views on the first four points. I don't know if you want to take all of them at this stage, but I think those are my submissions for now, Chief.
2: If if you have contributions, members, there's uh,
3: somebody not new. Yes. And maybe also working
2: around
3: integrated. It sounds like Parliament TV is is switched on. It's like they're unmuted,
2: yeah, members or colleagues, or can we assist Mr. Matunzi? Or, yeah, thank you for that intervention. I was saying that, coach, you can if there are issues that you want to take it up on, there you can continue.
3: I'm going to deal with the first four now, person, and then I'll come okay. back if that's fine.
2: No, no, that's fine, that's fine.
6: Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, uh, my comment is just on the last one, uh, the first one, uh, that referring to the region sufficiently as compared to the provinces. Chairperson, as you know that in the provinces, we do have regions. So I think if the bill referred to the provinces as region, this will cause more confusion. So I think if possible, we just have to review or re, uh, the provinces remain the provinces instead of the region so that if the independent candidate state for the province, it should stay like that. Because of previously we had, I mean, in the system that we using as a country, we have province to national, province to province, and national to to national. So I think that term should uh, just remain uh, in order for other people to be able to understand the bill. My second issue is on the cooling period. Um, I think that three months uh, cooling period is sufficient, Jefferson. We should not extend it because it will mean that maybe the B will suppress other people if we can extend that three months cooling period. So for me, I think the three months cooling period is sufficient enough for people to stay for from other party to stand for independent or to another party. Thank you very much, Chair Person. Uh,
2: yes?
3: To, sorry, I, I had one more note which I didn't read from my from my notes. On the issue of deposit um, for independent candidates, it, it is my view that it would be unfair to suggest that an independent candidate would have to raise the same type of money uh, for a deposit as a political party. I know there are opposing views which says independent candidates and political parties should be treated as the same. But I think it might actually have an opposite effect that if you ask independent candidates to raise the same type of money as political parties, it might actually exclude them from from running for elections. And so I I think um, in other words, we would have to also look as a committee at what what should be done in this regard, because I think it might have the opposite effect where you might discourage independent candidates um, we would not be able to raise the same type of deposit. So I just wanted to add that. And of course, the cooling period of three months, I agree with the previous honorable colleague that it suffices. Thank you, Chair.
2: This, yeah, th- th- there was a view, I think, in one of the public hearings. And I think the uh, uh, both the, the IEC and also the legal team will probably come in uh, later and, Contribute um, that in, in the man, in the subject cooling period that when we um, conduct the local government uh, elections, uh, the the cooling period which is 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 proposed in this uh, uh, amendment bill is not uh, uh, because if we were to treat independent like. Or any persons who want to contest as independent uh, in the provincial and national elections. Now, the the same treatment in terms of the processes uh, must uh, must apply. And I'm raising this matter in terms of the cooling period that is being raised now of the uh, P, uh, three months, and in a local government election, there's another uh, 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 period. So I think this is a, is a matter which we also need to.
0: Uh, uh, to reflect uh reflect on. Honorable, Honorable Cañile. <clears throat> Unmute okay. Honorable Kanile. Honorable Ramulube. Honorable Ruas. Uh, Thank you, Chair. I'll
2: take it. Yes, proceed, Honorable Ruas. I'll just check with members.
7: Maybe they have network problems. Sure, sure. Uh, Thank you, Chair. Um so I'll just go through um point by point and thank you adam for this uh, summary it was uh, it was very, very helpful um in the definition of the region i think chair we we did discuss this in one meeting and we were assured that this was a terminology that's been widely used um by by the um in the electoral circles um over the years without much problem um in the in section one the definition says that uh, this means the territorial area of a province um but perhaps one could check if if region is used in in other electoral acts, um, and and whether you know that the, the, there could be an issue then with, with trying to now change it to province in this act if regions are referred to in other related acts. Um, then on point number two, I think if we talk about the, the liaison committees, um, certainly yes, I think there is a need to to redefine the the names uh, just to 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 reflect that that it's not only parties. Um, item number three uh when we talk about um, the 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 requirement to be ordinarily resident in the region um and i think it's a it's a debate that we've had a few times um uh it is this thing of uh, when is independent candidate disadvantaged as opposed to a um a candidate that is part of a political party um so so chair the i e c has suggested um that independents should be allowed to to stand in other provinces. Um, and, and my understanding was that they were going to ca- this was going to be part of what they came with with, uh, with certain amendments. Um, so I think it would be good to see what what the the wording is is there in this regard. Um, because the, the the feeling there was that they should be able to stand where they qualify to vote, uh, not necessarily where they reside. Um, but again, you know, with political parties, uh, I, I know that we are required to um, only stand in one province uh, where we vote. Um, I think the other area that still needs to be clarified is that the IEC also proposed that um, independents should be able to stand in each province, provided they they get the, um, the number of signatures and they pay the uh, deposits, etc., Uh, but that those votes that they get across those provinces shouldn't be aggregated, they should fall away. Um, And I think that you know this is certainly um, a bit of a concern. It it could definitely be considered by a court to be unfair Um, if you have a scenario where somebody uh, stood in nine provinces, they got just short of the number of votes to get a full seat, um, and then they were overlooked um, because all of their votes except for the vote in one province were were counted. Uh, Then point number four, uh, should there be signature requirements
2: uh, <laughs> Rose, yes sort sorry to 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 interrupt you can you sure. go back to the to the point uh you are raising
7: the last point okay so we would what the iec said is that um you know they believe that um independents should be able to stand in each province because they qualify for the national assembly you know they should qualify for the national assembly therefore they should be able to uh, stand in, in all the provinces, provided that they pay the deposit and get the signature requirement in each of those provinces. Um, but the IEC also proposed that all those votes that they get across the provinces should not be aggregated um, at the end. So in other words, um, let's say they get in in a single province, all the other votes should fall away. Um, and I think we, we, you know, one is going to face a problem with that if you talk about the the, the fairness of that. Uh, from a from a, a court challenge point of view, um, so this is something that hasn't been clarified yet. That we need to clarify. Is that fine, Chair?
0: No, proceed. No, no. I'm. I'm okay, my, my notes. Yeah, thanks for
2: oh.
7: sure, them. sure. In point number four, when it talks about signature requirements, um, Chairperson, again, I think it's been mentioned. You know, we 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 should. We should be careful. The the court judgment spoke about independence being able to participate um, without being sort of uh, negatively um, prejudiced. Um, but certainly a signature requirement. You know, it's it's not an it's not something that you haven't seen around the world. Um, and the 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 thing about an independent candidate standing. You know, there, there's a lot of talk about um, being represented at a local level. Um, and being accountable to persons. And there, there's a there's been a big outcry, and that came out in the public participation as well. And that is one of the requirements of, you know, signature requirements means that you have to get a certain number of people that say, I, I will support you, I know you, and I want you to to stand as a public representative. So I don't think it's unfair, chairperson. And and perhaps if anything, you know, political parties could also be required to meet the signature requirement. But it certainly serves a purpose, chairperson. And, and uh, you know another thing that came out in the public participation was a concern about very long ballot papers, etc. So, chairperson, you know, to to say that you don't have to meet the signature requirement, you don't have to pay a deposit, um, then what is the uh, what is the qualifying criteria that that stops anybody from putting their name on there, um, you know, on this list? So I don't think it's an un, unfair requirement, uh, Chairperson. But, it, you know, there could be a consideration that it be extended to parties as well. I don't think that would be a problem. Um, then in terms of uh, number five, should the deposit um, be the same? Chairperson, I think, they, you know, they, they, one of the things about this deposit is a, it helps to carry the costs of having that person on the ballot. So having the, um, the DA on the ballot and having Adrian Russ on the ballot um, it takes the same amount of space, it takes the same amount of system space, et cetera, to do that. Um, and so, that, so that's one of the, the reasons apart from, you know, the, uh, it, it, it is really also to assist with the costs of, of having that person um, stand for elections. And Chairperson, I think it's just important to, to add, you know, um, we saw the Political Party Funding Act and the effect that that had on political parties. I mean, many parties had to lay off staff, for example, um, when that funding was cut and and the, and the fact is that you know it's not just that parties are rich and that they have money that falls from the sky parties go and they raise money they, they have uh, fundraisers it's it's hard work it's over and above what you do you do it in the evenings um so so also again chairperson it's it's not an unreasonable requirement that somebody that wants to stand in parliament that wants to represent uh, South Africans at a national level um, should have the capability to to raise funds and have enough, of a ground support that will support them. Um, so, Chairperson, that's that's a few comments on that. And then the, the other side of this question, Chairperson, is, you know, if you don't pay the deposit, then should you get a portion of the equitable share? Um, you haven't paid the deposit, now you get elected. Do you now receive the equitable share um, as a member of, of Parliament? Then on point number six, Chairperson, I think, that you know, this talks about should the, the um, formula for determination of signature requirements be included in the bill or should it be uh, regulated? Uh, Chairperson, you know, the, the d s position here is that um, as it stands now, uh, the formula is in the schedule to the act. Um, so it's not a regulation. Um, and then uh, even though it's in a schedule to the act. Um, and so the, the way it is now, Chairperson, is is probably fine. I don't see the constitutional court judgment um, why that would um, require us to change this chairperson then uh, section 7 or question seven this talks about the requirement of uh, not having been a member of a political party for three months prior to running um, I think the question here is also you know we, we we generally agreed on the three months but I think the other question is the issue of the signature requirement so this would require thousands of signatures um, and what came out again in the public hearings is that those signatures would need to be verified by the IEC. And so I think we need to get an indication of, you know, how long reasonably would that signature verification process take place? Because you could get it that um, an independent candidate then wants to stand um, and they come three months before and then they come with a list of of several thousand um, signatures that have been written down on a piece of paper. How long is it going to take the IEC to process that? I think we just need to get an indication from the IEC um, on that. Then in terms of eight, um, you know, when when we look at the, the deposits, I think I've, I've covered that uh, to a large extent. And then clause eleven, Chairperson, I think you know we we made good progress on that um, with the recommendations of the IEC. Um, again, it would be good to know more or less the time frame that, that we can expect to get that sort of wording that we were looking for. Um, I think in general there was an agreement that the the you know the proposed seat allocation system was a step in the right direction. And really the challenge there was um, allowing independence to be considered for for PR seats. And that seems to to resolve um, that issue. I think that that, that is the one issue that is really outstanding there. And so when we see that wording and how it it looks, then we can take that discussion further. Um, In terms of uh, item 10, uh, should there be reference to constituencies? Um, Chairperson, you know, the... So,
2: can can you move the move with the presentation, uh, Mister Salmon,
0: as he he referred to the to the number. Yes, proceed. Proceed. Okay, okay. So, item number ten.
7: So it, it talks about, should there be reference to constituencies as in the Fonseil Slovett report, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, Chairperson, you know, our view is that you know, we don't have to look at constituencies in this bill, although the DA's position is certainly that we need to have more constituencies. Um, you know, I think the pragmatic view in terms of the timeframes available is that for 2024, to allow independents to participate, um, we probably need to look at regions for now, but certainly um you know this would need to be addressed in a future amendment after 2024 where we then look at constituencies but i think that the you know there's no requirement from that um judgment that i know of uh where we where we need to have constituencies Then on item 11 it talks about um the regional seats and that um again Chair, i think with with a lot of these items once we get the the wording from the iec then we can look at these um, items again um Just in terms of number fifteen, yeah, here we talk about um, should there be by elections, and I think generally the agreement that not allowing um, an independent to, uh, you know, once they uh, are are incapacitated or or pass away, uh, that that vacancy to be replaced, uh, you know, the advice we received it was that that would be unconstitutional. and I think the question was, um, sorry, this is a very long thing. Um, it, this is the question of running mates. And I think, you know, chair, we, we have we have deliberated on this as a committee and really I think there is a general consensus that the, the gist of the judgment was about allowing persons to stand um, as independents, the right not to associate over here. Um, and what you have at the moment is... Um, uh, we Yeah, sorry. So we're talking about running mates here, Chair. But I I think, you know, they, we have deliberate, deliberated on that, Chairperson, in terms of do you have a running mate, et cetera. And I think, uh, you know, risk over here, if you say um, candidate number one says, I want candidate number two to get my votes, and candidate number two says candidate number three, three, four, four, five, you can end up with such a long daisy chain that – your vote can go to somebody that you're not even aware of, um, and and really with you know with a party list it, it kind of covers this. if you if you you have votes for a party the first candidate is there the overflow votes go to the second person on the list and so on and so forth um, and so the you know the advice that I see that we've received is that you know independents if if they want to um, pass on votes to the next person etc cetera, they, they have the possibility to. Um, form a voluntary association and stand in that weight chairperson. So I don't. It, to, to our mind, there doesn't seem to be an impediment to to setting up such a system. You either stand as a party, a voluntary association that is then considered a party, or as a completely independent uh, individual chairperson. So, so, I think we just need to be aware of you know these unintended consequences that you could have a chain of persons that are, are given a vote, and when a voter stands there, they won't necessarily see that that whole chain. And it might also be, Chair, that um, your first choice might be an independent candidate. Your second choice might be a party. And so we cannot assume on behalf of the voter that they are voting for an independent because they don't like a political party. It might be their their pastor that's standing. It might be a community organization, and they will support that independent. But if that independent wasn't there, they might support a party. So if we go and say that the next person on the list, if an independent resigns, should be an independent, for example. Um, we are then deciding on behalf of the voter what their next choice uh, would have been, Chairperson. Um, and so, you know, the idea of saying that if an independent resigns, and that certainly uh, it should be filled um, from the 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 uh, you know the next person that has the next highest votes or the next party. Um, if we don't allow the next party with with the next highest votes to to take that vacancy, they would also argue that it's unfair. Because they are the next person on the list, they are the representative with the with the next uh, highest number of votes. So I think that's it from me, Chair. But uh, certainly, it would be useful to understand um, when we are going to receive the um, amendments on on the uh, on the replacement of uh, independent candidates as well as the seat allocation system, and then we can deliberate on that at that stage. Thank you, Chair.
2: Thank you very much uh, for your contributions, Honorable uh, Ros. Uh, can I check, Honorable Tito, if you're back? Honorable
0: Ramlo Ben, Honorable Kanyela? Good morning, Jefferson, and uh, good morning, colleagues, and
6: everyone that is in the meeting, and thank you for the opportunity. Chairperson, I have been greatly covered by Honourable Ross. Um, I think the only thing that I would want to mention is, is the issue of uh, of party agents. Um, I think it will be very important that we consider that independent candidates should have party agents that are going to to mend the VDs on their behalf, but maybe the IEC will then guide us on, on the number and those type of things. i think we have discussed this previously as well thank you
2: thank you honorable honorable pile
8: um, very good morning chairperson and colleagues and thank you for the opportunity chair i there's quite a few matters that one would want to address but i think it's important to firstly um look at things holistically and be able to understand because we started a process um On this discussion Um, and we've received submissions firstly from citizens of this country uh, and then we've had a look at the different stakeholders like you've you've referred to them and the submissions that they've made um, particularly if one needs to look at legal I think it's important to take into consideration some of the um, points that were raised by legal um, so that we avoid any future uh court matters i think the first understanding that we need to to agree on um both as a committee and as stakeholders is that when one is contesting the election uh particularly now that we are including um, independent candidates that you are contesting the the space um as an individual and like Honourable Ruas has said, you then have the choice of whether you want to form anything else. And I think that then uh, a lot of what we are discussing now then falls away because you then become a political party, so to say. Uh, but if we have to zoom into one contesting the space as an independent candidate, then there are several things that one needs to look at. Um, And I think the first one is that, and it came up in submissions, so um, I have a deferring view uh, to Honorable Lizal about the uh, deposits um, in terms of requirements. I think we have to understand that there are political parties currently that um, that only make one seat, whether it's at a provincial legislature or at the National Assembly but yet they pay the same deposits. Now, if an independent candidate is going to achieve a seat or going to um, um, get enough votes to be able to get a seat, it means that you're actually contesting the same space and it comes down to apples for apples. I think it's simple to understand that if you get a seat uh, in comparison to a political party getting one seat, why then should they pay a deposit and you don't and and i think it's 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 one that we need to consider um very seriously that there has to be a deposit of some sorts and that it all depends on on how one um uh, scores or how one does in terms of of the election outcome but in doing so i think it's important to also then um the clause about the uh, refunding of deposits. I think it's important because that obviously take in, takes into account that if a if an independent um, actually then gets enough votes for a seat, that you then get a refund in terms of, of the deposit. So I think it's important that there must be an inclusion of uh, deposits. Chair, I must also agree that there has to be criteria. There has to be Uh, I wouldn't say requirements, but there has to be certain criteria that one has to follow. And for me, it can't be left to to the IEC. I think it it, it has to be uh, part of the bill. It has to be part of legislation so that at a later stage, it can't be challenged. Because once this becomes a law and is passed, then it's clear that before you attempt to to um, contest the elections. You will be able to understand and know that this is exactly what is there and that you are contesting based on what is in the legislation. And so it's important that we place all of these these, um, emphasis um, and clearly define it within the legislation. I think um, in as far as um, having to minimize what... um, um, uh, decisions are being made should actually be left to being in the bill. Um, and there are certain things that obviously will fall outside of us when it comes to IEC, for example, the electoral commission act is something that we can't and will not, um, uh, you know, obviously t- attempt to, to, um, to look at because, you know, they would obviously have to bring that before um before parliament if there's a need for certain things to be be looked at but i think we must we must emphasize that a lot of this must come within um within the 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 act itself further to that chair i think that um the request or the requirement in terms of um, um, well criteria in terms of signatures is important uh because you can't just have someone who who wakes up tomorrow and decides i want to contest elections but have not shown any support. And I think it's important that um, we must be able to look at that. But insofar as determining what that should be, I, I think that there has to be a discussion about that. And I think that there has to be further discussion and de- deliberation so that we reach consensus and an agreement on what the number of signatures are. And that number of signatures should then be placed within the bill, so that, um, again, it's not something that is going to be contested um, legally at a later stage. Um, I must say that, you know, it's quite disappointing that when we started the process of public hearings, we were already told at the very start um, uh, by certain stakeholders um, uh, that, you know, there is going to be a challenge and that they're going to challenge even the process. Now, if we, if we don't want to have a long, drawn-out process and everything that we decide to put in there is challenged, then I'm saying that we need to be able to look at it carefully. And again, Chair... While I understand that we have deadlines, I understand that the court has given us until June. We've obviously requested an extension. But again, this is a very important part, uh, um, piece of legislation that I'm going to propose that we should not rush the process. Because if we seem or if we try to rush this because of deadlines, um, you're going to be sitting with, with, with problems later on you're going to be sitting with challenges later on. And I think it's important that we are able to deal and deliberate with these things properly um, and also do it correctly because it's in the best interest of our country. And I think that when you are doing something as important as this, which changes the entire political landscape, um, the political arena, changes the House of Parliament to an extent where you are now bringing in individuals um, I think it's important that we get it right the first time, and that we must not not then rush the process to be able to to finalize it because we have a court um, order hanging over us. and I think it's important that we're able to make those points. Chair, I also have to agree that um, you know some of the, well most of the points that that Adam brings out in his presentation um, needs further deliberation. you know it, it can't just take one meeting this morning to be able to decide on, on these things. I think um, for me, if I look at all of these clauses, uh, while you might agree on one clause, there's going to be two or three other clauses or, or pieces of legislation or acts that would need to be looked at and and perhaps even changed to some extent. And I think we have to start unpacking what is the ripple effect or what is the repercussion of certain things that we may put in this act because If you, for example, say that, and and, and I agree that there has to be a party liaison committee, I agree that there has to be the inclusion of party agents. But again, it means that certain pieces of legislation and acts have to change and and have to be amended so that you are able to accommodate for that change to take place. Um, And so I agree that perhaps we need to, to have further engagement and deliberate on this, uh, but again, I think we should take point by point, deliberate on it, agree on it, and then move on to the next one. In that way, we'll be able to finalize this process in a much more smoother and easier way. Uh, just looking at it at a glance, Chair, I have to say that we, we should, um, as a committee, stick to the, the, the current approach of where we include independent candidates, but not at this constituency-based system, because that then takes us to a different um, discussion altogether. Uh, And I'm not saying that I'm supporting one over the other. I'm just saying that that process is going to unpack so many other things that needs to happen. Um, It's going to include demarcation board. It's going to include uh, changes in demarcations. And I think that in itself is going to be um, a process that might take another two years. So I think we must be able to, to be clear about what we're doing now and how we're doing it. Uh, and I think there was a question around whether there should be the 400 or 200. Chair, I'm in support of the compensatory approach that yes, it should be 200 and not 400. Um, but I'm interested on in one point that Honorable Ruas raised. And I think perhaps it needs some further discussion and deliberation is the one about whether you are contesting regional or provincial like you may call it and then you aggregate the votes um, um, to be able to say that you now bring all those votes and I think it's a very important point that we may have missed in our discussions because if you are saying that it means that an independent contests all nine provinces and does that mean that collectively you're going to take all the votes from the nine provinces and then say for example that you qualify in terms of the threshold in terms of the quota or formula to then get a seat at the national assembly and i think it's important that we have to be able to discuss that because my understanding is that you would contest a um a regional seat um uh, or a national seat and that obviously the votes will differ and again i think it it also speaks to the ballot because if you are casting a vote for a provincial legislature uh, then you can only be um, um, counted or only be, um, that seat can only be reflective of the provincial legislature. So you look at whether you've reached the threshold or the quota in that on that ballot. But if you are appearing on, on the national ballot, um, then obviously you're going to be taking a collective votes across the country. Now, that's another important thing because I don't think there's there's been any discussion in terms of whether that is going to be allowed. And if it is, what then is the, um, the framework that we're going to look at and how are we going to ensure um, that, you know, it is a fair process and that you are then allowed to. And I think we, we, must, we must look at that, that point. Um, yeah, there's actually quite a bit. It's just that um, I think there's going to be a need for, 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 for much more deliberations and discussions. But yeah, I just want to say that um, anything that we say and do Uh, must be guided by legal Uh, again I'm saying so that it doesn't you know we reach a point where we agree on something and then um, legal comes back and gives us an opinion that says actually I don't think you should be doing this or you shouldn't have and it's just going to be wasting time so I think you know whatever the points are perhaps we must request legal to look at it um, and then give us um, you know their input on on that Uh, and Again, I'm, I'm saying that we must allow for most of everything to actually be in the bill rather than having to, to leave it to, to the IEC to decide. And just as a parting thought uh, or a parting um, point that I want members to consider going forward is that um, there's going to be many other pieces of legislation um, that would have to be looked at uh, and, and changed and amended. And I think we need to start looking at that process and ask ourselves are we going to even if we look at the um, the time that we've asked for extension um, are we going to be able to to um, be able to achieve that uh, but again I think it's important for us to understand where we are uh, and be able to finalize on this process before we can even start any other process but I'm just saying it's something you need to start thinking about at the back of your heads is what are the other pieces of legislation that we have to be looking at as well? Um, I think I'm gonna stop there, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, colleagues, for uh,
2: contributions on the framework uh, that has been uh, raised by, we uh, able to, uh, crack uh, to start the, the discussion. There the are two points which I think we must just uh, be cautious when we, we 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 deliberate, so that it does not get out of uh, context. Uh, <clears throat> one is that uh, I get a sense that the the time frame, uh, and I think we may not need we may not need to reemphasize it, that. We we need uh, uh, we don't need to rush this process, Um, and uh, we need to take uh, a longer time. Uh, And that in that statement may may interpret may be interpreted wrongly, because what informs the constitutional court requirement no sorry application is that we must given a period uh, which it has been outlined in our papers. So, that we're able to complete this matter that was seized with. And I think that is a, an, an articulation that uh, members uh, uh, must, must, must note, taking account of the issues that may emerge as we, we deliberate and interface with both the Home Affairs, Parliamentary Legal Service, and, and, and the IEC. So, I just want to uh, just highlight that uh, 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 that matter that the the committee is within that framework of understanding on the on on the on on the period we did that because we did not want to short circuit uh, the we did the application because we didn't want to short circuit uh, the the process. The second one is that we, we and i think members are beginning to raise it. Uh, which we'll come back to it later, uh, so that it inform is is properly informed uh, when we are able to uh, 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 take a policy uh, a position on which a uh, option we must submit to 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 the assembly. And I think there was a detailed submission on both. Uh, uh, the, the options which were uh, uh, articulated by uh, uh, the task team, but also the amendment, electoral amendment that affirms or proposes uh, that is the option that uh, we must we must take in the context that uh, the the constituency electoral uh, system and uh, which members are beginning to argue in terms that it will need a long time uh, to to deal with the matter. We may need to uh, 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 strongly articulate uh, 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 with portfolio of evidence informed by the facts that are before yourself, uh, whether that option will not be considered now that we're we're, we're dealing with, because society has raised or stakeholders uh, raise that there's an other option that we may to to interface uh, consider as we deal with this electoral amendment and uh, others raise the uh, in the manner uh, members are, are raising the the uh, the first option of the minimalist that is on the on the on the electoral amend- uh, amendment bill. So what I'm raising proposing in terms of the highlights is that we may need to have a balanced uh, uh uh, uh, submissions at that time were going to uh, uh, discuss, informed by the issues that are emerging I- I- and considering what it has been uh, raised in the in the res- in responses. What I think I will uh, also uh, uh, raise is to uh, uh, there are other issues which have been raised that requires a uh, legal contribution. And, uh, uh, and also the, the IEC contribution, contributions uh, will request a uh, legal uh, because there's clarity seeking questions that have been placed uh, that need to be uh, uh, raised uh, here, responded or comment. And if there's need enough time to come and alert the, the committee on some of the issues, we still have that time uh, within the framework of our, of our uh, uh, agenda. I'll request legal team uh, to comment on some of the issues that we raised that require your your, 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 your attention. Um, I'll start with the state law advisors, come to Parliamentary Legal Service, and and if uh, uh, Mr. Malikani also, I'll I'll, I'll bring him in. Uh, Then we'll we'll, we'll then get a sense if the IEC may need one to uh, get to some of the issues now, or we can... uh, they can come back to us uh, on uh, uh, in the next meeting, which is on on Tuesday. So I think we can able to do that, um, or before that, Adams, is there any other matter you wanted to raise out of our uh, presentation? Yeah.
5: Um, nothing from my side yet, j Person, I'm just, I'm just taking notes of the what the comments are from the members.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yes. Can I start with the state law advisor, uh, Ms. Williams? Uh, Ms. Governor, if there's any matter you've picked up, that you, you, we need to uh, at least uh, 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 comment so that we take note, which will assist us to uh, discuss as we move forward. And then I'll call back, invite members to comment on some of the issues that you've been raised. Ms. Williams? Thank you very much,
9: Chairperson. Chairperson, at this stage, we have nothing to add. Um, there's nothing that we could see. Um, Unconstitutional. Um, we'd like to request that, as we go along, and and issues do arise, the committee can request our opinion on in respect of certain particular issues because lots of the issues relate to policy. Um, yeah, and in respect of the legal issues, um, we 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 can advise at that with regard to that. But there's one thing that we may want to mention with regard to the consequential amendments. As a result of the um, as a result of um, um, as a result of um, um, powers and duties of agents and candidates within um, voting stations we'll take our guidance from the IC because they see that they will need to um, decide as to practical to consider practical considerations as to, what they take into account in respect of that. And as soon as we have that information, we can um, we can consider it and um, advise a committee and propose maybe drafting formulations. But we'll see what the drafting proposals has come up from the, from the IC and the relevant parties who made um, proposals and we'll consider that and then we'll advise a committee promptly. Thanks, Jay. Well,
2: thank you. I think that covers the... Uh, um uh, Mr. Uh Mr. Malikana, I'm not sure if you are on the same uh, uh, framework. Uh, DG, is Mr. Malikana on the meeting?
9: Hello? Good
1: morning, Morning, uh, members. He he, he is not, uh, but I've taken note of uh, the issues uh, that were raised. Uh, Thank you, Chair.
2: Okay, thank you. Um, Daksha?
3: Chair, good morning, everyone. At this point, um, as the State Law Advisor has also correctly pointed out, a lot of the issues raised are actually policy issues, and we will be available to to give our legal input on any drafts that are formulated either by the department or the IEC. But there's just one thing I would like the committee to take cognizance of is that if there are any amendments that are going to be proposed to the bill, which are not already in the bill, but amend a different section of the act, then in terms of the rule, we may have to seek permission from the house to do so. So we just need to factor all of that into our program. Um, but at this point, we have taken note of the discussions and any legal issues that arise going forward, we would definitely um, give our legal views. I'm not sure if my colleague, Mr. Chikela, might want to add further. So I'll hand over to him.
2: Okay, thank you. That's uh,
4: Mr. Chikala. Uh Sure, thank you very much for the opportunity, sir. I just need to remind you, sir, that in our response to the issues that were raised in the public submissions we dealt with most of the issues that were raised again today so i will just want to draw the attention of the committee on the input that we had made uh, a couple of weeks back in our response from my list from what has been said here there is an issue of deposits. in our in our response we dealt with that issue The issue of signatures, the issue of the cooling off period, residency, party liaison committee, and I think that's the issue we raised uh, for the first time ourselves when we looked at the act, the issue of the region and province, which again was raised today. These are all the issues that we have already dealt with in our response, but we will be happy, like Daksha was saying, to further develop in that as we see the versions that come up and the deliberations are progressing. And again, Chair, the issue of uh, consequential amendments to other legislation, it's an issue we raise that we need to look broader than just the Electoral Act in doing this because there is a knock-on effect on other pieces of legislation, like the party funding and all of those. So those are the issues we have dealt with in our document that we presented to the committee in response to the public But for now Person, I will leave it at that. thank you very much thank you um, I think we,
2: we've highlighted in our remark that uh, the issues which were, will reflect on the framework of the discussions uh, uh, some have find expression in the response comments of the presentations which were done by uh, the IEC and the in a legal uh, uh, parliamentary legal service, uh, and members are beginning to venture into what are possible uh, decision making to consider uh, as we uh, deliberate on this uh, on this matter in reference uh, to the responses that were made, but uh, n- uh, informed by the inputs that are arising from all the uh, uh, submissions, including. Uh, our stakeholders and that what and uh, uh, what they and uh, and what the Constitutional court requires us to to do i think we're one uh commissioner love uh, if there's any matter or uh, commissioner Miepza, i don't know who uh, but i've noticed that there's
4: commissioner and in... commissioner love if you're in the meeting commissioner love uh is not in the meeting chairperson good morning to you and good morning to honourable members um and, and everyone online. Uh two issues really. One is um we, we would be very happy to receive the summary of the issues as um catalogued by by Mr Salmon. Um if we if we get this list uh, let's say today we will then um you know give our input in writing I think tuesday might be too early um i would I would like to propose that we 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 aim for friday next week if it's possible uh and and we will then look at the draft on the on the issues we we had proposed i i submit as such chairperson
9: oh
2: thank you very much i think that uh, assists us to uh to uh, to to run on the on the issues that have been highlighted by um, uh, Mr Salmon, Members, is there any other matter that uh, we need to, you need to raise uh, uh, so that it assists the deliberation uh, cause? Because we're going now to enter into a, a space where we uh, uh, informed by the issues that we raised, uh, take decisions in terms of the framework or on the issues that are arising from the electoral amendment bill, Um, per uh, a point that has been raised by uh, uh, the the notes that we're we're, we're drafting. And Mr. Salmon will then rework on the uh, uh, draft work uh, on the issues uh, which the committee must confirm. Now that we've picked up and highlighted some of the issues which will require policy, uh, which will require us to uh, 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 process uh, and members must be... Able to deal with. Mr. Mwebza, in our last meeting, it's important that we come back also with the uh, uh, to express more on the uh, drop, uh, drop formula uh, in terms of the allocation. I think I would want us to, uh, uh, because that was a commitment uh, and that is a key issue in terms of the um, allocation of seats. Uh, you may need to come back to the committee to deal with that subject as we are responding to other issues, uh, so that our members and and uh, those are in participants uh, uh, on this uh, subject are able to uh, to to familiarize uh, 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 with the with the issues. Is there any other met- uh, any other matter, members?
7: Chairperson, nervous. Uh, Jefferson, I just thought about it. Um, since as the IEC said they would get back to us sort of next Friday, um, I, I think it would be useful. Um, we received an Excel spreadsheet, um, when this bill was first introduced, um, looking at the different options and the timelines the timeline to go through the National Assembly, um, the NCOP, how long the IEC would require for certain processes, etc. Um, and so, I think, Chad, it might be useful just to get an update. Um, of that list so that we can see where we are um, and, and how many days are left, et cetera, et cetera. Because, uh, sorry, Chair, because that, that list had a Section 75 option, a Section 76 option, what, what would happen in all the different scenarios. But based on where we are now, I think it would be, just be useful to have that uh, schedule updated. Yes, yes, yes. No, correct. Any other contribution?
3: Chair?
2: Yes, the question.
3: Yeah, I would just like to go back to the comment that the Honourable Pillay made earlier. I think yes. that um, it was quite a useful input, or I would support his input that maybe at one stage—I don't know if it will be Tuesday—but that maybe as a committee we take these, uh, this document that Adam has given us, and that we deliberate on each point. Um, for example, you know whether it's province or region or signatures or deposit or both, and that we try and um, get, find each other in terms of each of these points um, so that we've got a committee position on all of these issues that we can then further consult with legal and the IEC on. Um, maybe won't be this Tuesday, but I think um, that would be useful, a useful exercise if we can go through all of them point by point and try and find each other. Jefferson, thank you.
2: Yes, no touch. Any other contribution? Chair? <clears throat> yes, Honor please.
8: Chair, yeah, I just wanted to check with, um, with, with Eddie. Bro, Eddie, the Tuesday's meeting, was it only, on, in terms of the agenda, was it only the electoral amendment bill? Perhaps if we can just get clarity so that, because I'm just trying to seek some direction, Chair for the committee. Um, just judging from what we've heard, you know, I don't know from between today and Tuesday whether we're going to be able to do any further deliberations, particularly if you're listening to what other stakeholders have said in terms of their contributions um, or submissions. And perhaps maybe we need to look at d- looking at something else on Tuesday, if there is, and deferring this to another meeting so that you give enough time for those submissions and then we can have discussions. Uh, it's just a, a, a some kind of guidance, Chair, but but I'll be guided by you
0: what we
2: will do uh, immediately uh, we are going to uh, uh, deal with the proposal that arising from honorable uh, pile and honorable uh, lizelle um, and uh, affirmed by honorable Ross in terms of the sp- spreadsheet on specific issues that uh, we must deliberate on uh, we we will not uh, because there are more issues for the committee to deal with uh, to deliberate on um, the IEC request to come back on Friday must not impact on the work that they uh, uh, were, 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 were continuing to, to to deliberate on the matter at that time they will come back to us with the version that will we will be presenting. The committee will be working on the specific issues that we have been dealing with will isolate the issues. That we have referred uh, to the uh, uh, to the uh, uh, to the IEC and deal with some of the issues, and that will circulate uh, the, the the notes cover to all all the members on the subject uh, uh, issue. We're going to to delete what we did uh, uh, with with the uh, content advisor. It was it was to pick up the issues that are emerging. Uh, Uh, that the committee members must consider and reflect on uh, for purpose of beginning to get into the uh, deliberation. And this uh, session has assisted us uh, to able to um, reaffirm some of the the issues or the notes that uh, have been, uh, been taken on. And if you have observed some of the issues are not covered on the on the on the on the notes pack but are arising from your input which are informed by uh, the inputs that have been raised by by our members uh, 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 that the mess machine stakeholders was that is an uh, important area uh, uh, that this legislation must be informed by the uh, uh, the contributions that uh, members uh, have made hence i've re-emphasized that uh, there are options that uh, we we ought to con- policy position that ought to consider the constituent's electoral system or the uh, the uh, the minimalist options that has been presented by the uh, uh, which reflect on the electoral amendment bill, but with the concrete evidence so that we are able to uh, resolve on these uh, on these uh, options. I think that is the framework which we are, we are, we are going to take, Honourable Um In the meantime, when IEC or the legal advisor, uh, parliamentary service, are going to interface with the responses. The committee must deliberate on some of the issues uh, that are uh, 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 before us. It will assist us to move uh, 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 quicker in terms of closing the gap and the time that uh, we need to submit the report to the to the uh, parliamentary to the National Assembly. Is that summary assist us to understand why we must uh, uh, proceed in the. Uh, doesn't it doesn't uh, need uh, the uh, honorable Pile and honorable Ross?
8: Chair, yeah, no, I, I support that. I, I, I support that. And, and yeah, that takes us forward, really. Thank you.
7: Honorable Pile, honorable Ross? Uh, yeah, same here, Chair. I support it. Okay.
0: Honorable coach. Okay, no, I think that is how we're going to uh,
2: uh, uh, proceed. I'll request Mr. Matonzi just to uh, uh, get into the uh, report, no, no, brief notes on how we have reconsidered to uh, uh, table this item in our committee meeting, uh, uh, in line with uh, the decision we have taken in our uh, 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 session with, uh, in our main committee, Mr. Matonzi.
0: 80%? Adam Yes, Siri Okay, oh, if you can remove your Uh
1: morning members uh last uh, this week we met and look at the revised uh, program and then uh, I'll start from from the 3rd of June which is today this is what we have been doing and then further deliberation uh, was going to take place on the 7th of June and then uh, that is the deliberation following this one and then uh, on the same date, uh, Adam will be presenting uh, a committee a business plan that is required uh, for the work of the committee. And then on the fourteenth of June, is close by close deliberation on the bill. And then uh, I've got other uh, two reports that the uh, CGE needs to brief us. This these reports. We have already postponed them twice, so uh, we thought no, it would be better if we would do close by clause after that, and then we are able to do to receive these reports, and then uh, that will be our last meeting during uh, during this term, and then we'll move into recess. Into recess, we have identified two days, which is the twenty first of June, which is the constituency period. Then we'll be dealing with the a list emanating from the close by clause uh, deliberation. And then we'll also have the Minister of Home Affairs uh, briefing us on the reports, on the review of payments within the department. And then uh, on the 28th, which is a week after, then we'll be uh, finalizing the report, finalizing the bill, in other words, we'll be adopting the report that will go to the National Assembly. And then uh, also we, we, we have moved this as well, briefing by the Minister on the report on the investigation on the loss of. Uh, financial data and CV by the uh, within the department within the government printing works so this is the program that we have agreed at the menco and then uh, these two days here i submitted an application for us to meet i'm still waiting for the outcome but i've also submitted the program to the office of the house chair for them to 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 to, to, uh, to, to approve it. If you check here, yeah, chairperson and members, uh, on the on the tenth, which is next week Friday, we did not schedule anything. There is a, in the morning there is a, a, a sitting to debate the budget vote one uh, from ten o'clock. So that's why we did not have a meeting on the tenth of June. Thanks, chairperson.
2: Thanks very much, uh, Mr. Matondi. Uh, members, that is our. Uh, program Uh, can I uh, can I get an indication so that it it goes through Uh, this what we've agreed to propose to the committee uh, and we think uh, it will assist us and enter into recess uh, to deal with this uh, um, item particularly on the deliberation on electoral amendment act can you can I can we get approval for? the revised program additions, or if there's clarity uh, to. Chairperson?
7: Chairperson, I I think in the last meeting we were, um, one of the items that's not on here is the report on the permitting, the the extensive analysis that uh, Home Affairs did on all the permits since I think 2014. Uh, so, so that's that should be on there as well. I think we we understood that the minister wasn't available at that time, um, but it's quite an important thing. Uh, okay, there we go. Thank you. Okay, I see it.
0: Um, any any other matter? I'm uh, uh, Mr. Matouns. I'm
2: interested uh, on the uh the ic to come back and next week we are saying there's a sitting at 12 o'clock
1: Oh, at 10 o'clock friday 10 o'clock. yeah 10 o'clock
2: it's friday at 10 o'clock yeah
0: um 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 can members uh, uh
2: It's not possible to use that day, that day, that Friday. I know it's Friday, like today. Uh, the the commitments of the day of uh, of our uh, colleagues, uh, uh, but if you had to firm up the the commitment of our work in this matter, is the members can uh, consider uh, time on Friday? I'm that sure they. That- they- they don't want to respond. The uh, both IC and legal team. Uh, the uh,
0: I chairperson, I can,
1: I can suggest if we can meet at two o'clock on Friday. I'm not sure if the debate would be would be finished by then. I think it will be finished.
7: Chairperson, can I get members on the rules? Sure, Chair, I think the item in that morning is the reply of the president. Um, so, although it's from ten to one, I don't think that yeah. that reply normally takes that long. So, I think uh, you know, I, I would have also suggested two o'clock uh, to to have that meeting.
2: Uh, okay, Mister Matuns, let's subject this uh, this item to 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 Menko uh, so that and then we do proper. Uh, a consultation because you may you say decision you take at two o'clock and members or no no uh, uh, both the uh, or the IEC or legal service that, commi- that are committed on other issues will communicate the, the, as long as the principle that there's a need for us to, to consider to move uh, faster on these uh, responses so that decision are taken Mr Adams I think it's clearer that we must go back uh, 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 to to frame out the uh, the issues um and uh, with the especially that has been advised both on the uh, options uh, that have been submitted by the uh, 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 our people and the stakeholders and political parties uh, uh, outside what it seemed to be uh, Uh, limiting uh, uh, our approach uh, that if we take constitutional electoral constitutional system, it means we must take it post uh, uh, 2004, no, sorry, post next year 2024 elections uh, and so on. Uh, But that must not be a subject of our thinking. Our thinking was, let's bring a a framework that uh, on both uh, uh, issues so that the committee and uh, the IEC are able to assist uh, us in terms of uh, what will be. Uh, and I, I got um, a, a report of the IEC already, uh, they're beginning to posture around what may be a, a, a challenge in terms of uh, the elections implementing one of the issues. But is the committee that must that take that decision informed? by our uh, submissions so that in our processing uh, as honorary play raises that this is important uh, legislation that we must be able to consider and uh, and make assessment in terms of the decision that we must take for, for, for parliament to uh, to consider. That then will take us to uh, uh, Mr. Matons if there's no any other issue or honorable members if there's no any other matter uh, to raise it's clearer that, that is how we're going to uh, uh, interface uh, with on this uh, matter is there any other matter outside the recommendation that uh, we need to work on uh, 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 with the content advisor and the researcher particularly on my my, my side members
7: okay Mr Matonzi, oh I see a hand here honorable uh, thank you, Chair. I just, I just wanted to clarify the spreadsheet that I asked for. It um, <clears throat> was actually the roadmap. It was the uh, roadmap. Uh, not, not, it, it wasn't to take these issues and put them in a spreadsheet. Um, um, I think it was the 16th of August that we received a integrated roadmap. How long it would take to go through the National Assembly, et Because I think there's some concerns in circles that we are running out of time. And I think if you look at that roadmap and you look at the current bill as we have it, then you know by by just going through that and, and looking at it we will um, be able to allay those those concerns no no yeah i think we're correct me and you are we're on
2: one page I, okay um, I, i'm raising in the matters uh, uh, that we must uh, uh, discuss uh, deliberate in as a in as a committee that we must have a a, a proper line so that we're able uh, to to deal with the subject matter and comp- uh, uh, deal with it, uh, finish and, and deal with another one in the manner that uh, uh, Honorable uh, Pile, no, so Honorable uh, Lizelle has raised. What informs these uh, notes that we've presented today that give us an accurate framework in the manner that we must uh, uh, deliberate on this? That assists the committee to deliberate and the uh, uh, referral to the uh, Part- Parliamentary Legal Service and IEC uh, that needs to, to come out to the committee. I think that will assist this, the committee to uh, to deal with. Uh, Mr. Matonzi, is there another matter that you want to?
1: there's no other matter.
2: Okay, thanks, members. That that takes us to conclude this uh, first uh, uh, deliberation on the issues that you have raised. Uh, I want to thank members of the committee to have been uh, able to contribute on the on the issues and able to uh, 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 to get a reference a referral to the IEC and the uh, 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 parliamentary legal team and the state law advisors want to appreciate uh, the presence uh, of your uh, contributions and members of the uh, uh, committee who have now began to interface with this uh, uh, subject. Thanks very much. This meeting stand, agenda.
8: Thank you, Chair. Thank you.